to record? Yep. Where the hell do I do that at? Wherever you did it last time. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay, wait, no. I think it's gonna be in the participants window. Yeah, that's where I am. Yeah. I am recording Alan, right now. do you not have AC? So you're not recording right now. PM. Not until you allow me to. Fuck. This should be in the podcast. Are we podcasting yet? No, because I'm not recording. We're not. Yet. Anne, are you recording? Share screen. No. Can somebody Google this? One thing. I mean, you I totally see record on the bottom. But who will be granted recording privileges? Click more next more. to their name. Oh God! Yes, that's allow what record. What is up, people? Welcome to the Are We Podcasting Yet? Sort of, kind of like a podcast. Uh, we're super excited that you decided to tune in a third time. Or maybe this is your first time, in which case, welcome, Justin. Who do we have on today? The we have the lovely Anne Winterson coming to us from Taipei. Anne is a half Taiwanese, half American actress. Who uh, she? Uh, she's a damn good actress. I know that much. Hey, what's up? What's up? How you doing, Anne? How is it over there in Taipei right now? It's great. It's almost like a parallel universe. I know there's a pandemic going on right now in the world, but we've gotten so good about having zero cases that people are starting to not actually wear masks sometimes. Oh, that's interesting. Here in the States, lots of people never wear masks anyway. You're obviously in Taipei right now, and you went there from the U.S. Correct. Because because the global pandemic basically destroyed all opportunities of work. I mean, yeah, we were having a good time in LA. We were. We, we were here together, hanging out. You left me to go to the place that's doing fine well, while I'm still here. Basically. And be careful. And be careful. He might end up in Taipei pretty soon because this is what I did. I left Singapore and then he showed up in LA. Oh, okay. We've discussed this actually, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Justin is going to be in Taipei because there's welcome. no lockdown there and they're doing entertainment work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally welcome. You guys are both welcome. But yeah, I mean, I booked a job and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go back because at least I can book more work. And when LA looks better, I can always go back. I came back late March and I had to do quarantine. And that was an interesting experience because once I landed, um, we had the, you know, the typical uh, temperature check and then I was assigned a taxi and then I had Ooh. to actually connect my phone to the government system. So it was like I was a felon. We were also convinced that you had coronavirus. Oh, Justin told oh, me you got it. Because we thought, okay. like, I was telling everybody you had it. <laughs> Literally, people that, who don't know you know you Because you were it. dying. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. Apparently, I didn't. I mean, we're, we're just gonna ruin it. I, I got tested and I was negative, but Justin was helping me out with the self tape virtually, and I had this scene and I was like, "Yo, Justin, I need to just sit down. I'm about to pass out right now." You look so, horrible. I, thanks, thanks. I mean, I in a horrible way for you. Oh, yeah, I know it was it was rough, and then on top of that, my roommate was also you know, saying that she had similar symptoms mm. of tight chest and a, kind of a dry cough. It solidified my assumption that I had mm. it. The government of Taiwan was like, you need to go get tested. The ambulance came and they picked me up and I got the, na the nose thingy. Ooh, they stuck Ooh. it up in there. You got the nose jab? Yes. Uh, you know, it was bad? Was it bad? It, it was pretty bad. Uh, Justin, let's think about this, okay? Anne arrived in Taiwan and they were like, hey, 
Sounds like you might have something. We just want to test you yeah. just to be sure. You might have it. You might not have it. Let's just find out. Here in America, they're like, oh, no, you have it. Don't come here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were like that for a while. Things have gotten a little bit better, obviously, especially here in Los Angeles. I don't know. You, I got tested the other day. Well, go... testing has gotten better, thing, but yeah. things have not gotten better. Case no, no, things have not gotten better, but the better. testing has gotten better, at least yes. in Los Angeles, which is a very small percentage of the entire country. Here, if it's a Los Angeles City administered test, it's, they don't have the nasal things anymore. It's you just swipe around your mouth. Oh, you that's interesting. Nice. Is Wait, that supposed to be as effective or no? No, for sure not. It sounds so not accurate. I don't think there's an issue with its accuracy with regards to if it's done properly. The issue is everybody's doing it themselves. If we've learned one thing through this entire experience, it's you cannot trust the masses, so we probably can't trust them to do the damn test themselves as well. So odds are you got a good percentage of people in their cars doing this thing, putting it in the bag, and managing to accidentally drop it on the floor, you're supposed to not eat for 20 minutes to an hour beforehand, eat or drink anything. Really? There's probably people eating a Big Mac while they're in there driving through, then they swab. <laughs> so like, there's, there's some things you're supposed to do which probably are not being adhered to. So who knows what the accuracy level really is. I bet you in Taiwan, let me know if I'm wrong, Ann, I bet you they give you very clear and consistent information and guidelines about what should be done, what they're doing and how to stay safe. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, we've, I would say beat it already. Like we're not even talking about COVID. We're talking about the next pandemic right now. Right. Like how to prevent yeah. the next one. <laughs> we haven't even gotten out of our first wave yet. We're oh, no. My heart we're is talking about bad. Kanye West running for president. That's what we're talking oh, about yeah. now. Wait, who's right. talking about Kanye West running for president? Is this Oh, you don't know. I mean, I know a long time ago he said that he was No, no, no. No, no. Go look at your phone. Check any news site. He tweeted out he is running for president Oh, I'm going to look year. this up. I'm going to look this up. I'm not even going to the news site. I'm going straight to the source. I'm going to Twitter. Go to Kanye's Twitter. Okay, it's called Twitter, not, Twitter, not Twitter. I, I'm old. I don't know. Tweet. My <laughs> accent's changing. Okay, actually, as I do this, speaking of us being old, Justin, okay, and did this, right? Yeah, I, I do this Justin, all the time. What, Justin, what does this mean? This is my favorite thing to do. What, what, <laughs> what does it mean? This means um, that I, 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 I'm, I'm tactile and I like to feel myself. <laughs> this means I'm a fan oh, of nipples. Come on, you know what this, you know this, what this means, means. This means I love you. Okay, but what if is If you what? also like K-pop. But what is it about this that wouldn't say I love you? It looks like little hearts. Like the, right here, right? Yeah, that one part of it looks like a little heart. That's what I was thinking. No, man, the full thing looks an, actually like an anatomical heart. What do you mean? That's what it's for. This is like that's actually. Oh, the whole hand this, is the heart. The whole hand, yeah. This is the heart. My girlfriend just taught me this. I thought it was just this little tiny heart. No, the whole thing is actually an anatomical heart. It's actually the shape of a real heart. I don't even know where I am right now. What are you right? talking about? Mind blown. And did you know this? I did not. My yeah. mind is blown. I feel like lots of people Wait. think that it's this part. Time it's out. Actually, the full heart. You have three. Half a half semi Asian people here that have, that live have lived in Asia. None yeah. of us knew this. Are we sure this isn't just an issue where your girlfriend is no. wrong? No, she's more informed in terms of K-pop than any of us are. Her sister's like a huge, huge K-pop fanatic. It's it's actually an entire heart, man. And if you think about it, look, it looks like it actually it does. does look like a heart. It blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh. 
that's all of a sudden I didn't like this. Because I've really been it. focusing on the this part I, here when I'm showing it to people. Me and we sound like boomers, but we're not even boomers. So when we're on stage and we do this and we're getting like laughed at, they're not laughing, they're laughing. at us because they're excited that we're doing this. No. They're laughing at us because we're like doing this wrong at them. <laughs> and they're like, why are they directing their fist heart that way? Speaking By the of way, fist we, heart, fist fist heart, heart great name for a new band. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, all right. So, and when are you coming back to America? Huh? When this whole pandemic uh, is done and gone? Yeah, probably not till next year. Mm. When are you guys coming back to Asia? Actually, September or August. Yeah. Justin will be okay. out there pretty soon. Yeah, I'm after I'm, Michigan. Yeah, I gotta go to Michigan to see the fam. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'm gonna come here and shoot a little something. And then um I'm I'm getting my ass back to Asia because to be honest, it's a shit show here. Yeah. Do, do you guys Tough. hear the fireworks, by the way? I hear no. my fireworks and happy fourth of July. You happy fourth of July. You happy happy fourth of July to you guys. Although First time we've had three Americans on the podcast. This is exciting. Third time we've ever had a podcast, so. Yeah. <laughs> Statistically. <laughs> all right, and I got, I got some questions, because I know that you've kind of lived and worked all over the world, actually. I know that you've, you've lived and worked in mainland China for a while, right? Uh, what city were you in again? I was living in Beijing, but I filmed in Shanghai. I filmed in Inner Mongolia, uh, Zhuhai, all over, actually. Yeah, and then you obviously live and work in Taiwan, and then you were in L.A. Oh. just recently, right? Yes, I was. I just signed over there and I was excited to stay for a while, but you know, the pandemic hit. Yeah. What are you going to do? So I think this is, it's interesting. You have a perspective that not a lot of people, especially a lot of Americans have necessarily been able to experience, right? Um, you're, you're half Taiwanese. I don't know that we've mentioned that yet. Wait, Anne, wh where were you born? You weren't born in America, right? Texas, actually. You were born in Texas. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't Love get it, more Texas. American than that. Longhorns. Does it? Justin, where's your Longhorn hat? Well, uh, it's, it's over here. Go get it. I, I'm, I'm going to try <laughs> and grab it with my foot. Got to do something about that hair. It's a good thing I'm wearing <laughs> pants this time. It is. All right, so while Justin does that, and what's it, I don't know how to ask this question, what is it like going back and forth, especially in terms of work? A lot of, I know a lot of people who have lived in the States are super curious, or who are from the States, super curious about what it's like out in Asia. I know lots of people uh, have asked me or Justin, Sometimes they've even been like, oh, you live in Singapore. How's China? And you're like, ha ha, Singapore's not in China. Or, oh, what's it like China? living in the third world? Yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, Singapore's no. not third world. <laughs> yeah. But even, even more so than Southeast Asia, I feel like China, mainland China specifically, is a different experience from, from America. So back and forth, like, what's it feel like for you to go back and forth? It has to be quite different. It is. I mean... I'm racially Chinese and Scandinavian, um, but I get reverse culture shock whenever I, I go back and forth. You know, when I was in LA this time around, I realized, dang, I have some kind of, I don't know, I'm pretty Asian when it comes down to it, but I do like the, the energy in LA, the uh, creative energy, but the thing about China is there's a lot of projects, right? And so I've played roles like the uh, Uyghur princess, the Xiu Gongzhu in some imperial stuff. I've done, um, I played like the mixed girl, like myself, coming back from the US and stealing your man. Um, I, I, I've played all sorts of roles in China that 
might be a little bit more competitive and harder to get in the US. Mm -hmm. um, but that's with acting, right? I haven't actually given Hollywood a shot yet. Uh, in terms of modeling, I would say, I don't know. It's really similar. Modeling is kind of the same around the world. But what I will say the nice thing about traveling back and forth is it teaches you that beauty is so socially constructed. Um, mm. Things that are really, you know, like being fair skinned, for example, in Asia is so important. Um, but then having freckles in the US is considered cute. Oh, I talk about this all the time. How come girls in LA want to be darker and girls in Asia, sorry, girls and guys, it's not a gender thing. People mm -hmm. in LA want to be darker. People in Asia want to be lighter. Mm -hmm. Like there's literally, actually, you, you can tell, tell the people who don't know about whitening agents in Asia because skin products in Asia are different. They are different. I mean, it, it's kind of changing in Taiwan, but for the most part, girls and women, they want to stay fair-skinned because uh, the practical reason behind it is, you know, UV rays, it, it does kind of age you over the long run, um, but it also makes you look more posh and higher class, you could say. So there's kind of two reasons to that. Um, but yeah, in America, I don't, people still self-tan, I think, and oh, you yeah. look healthier when you're tan, they say. Um, so do you know why culturally in Asia that, that being of a lighter color makes you seem more of a higher social status? Like what are the well, cultural reasons for that? I'm not quite sure. So don't quote me on this, but I think it's because if you're of higher SES, then you would have, you know, maids and people that would hold your little umbrella or um, you wouldn't have to be out in the fields working. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's so, exactly pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. And, think about, and think about this also in California, for example, or Los Angeles, um, the wealthier and more um, just the Privileged. wealthier yeah. parts of society can enjoy leisure. Exactly. They can go right? to And along too. with leisure comes exactly. a tan. Yep. You it know? shows that, that you have the time. To, to go out on your fancy vacations, yeah. totally. So that's, that's interesting how both of these have like a, a history to it, yeah. but we don't yeah. think about it. And it's still about being higher class. That's kind it of the is. sad part. It's always a, cl it it's always a class thing, really when it comes down to it, isn't it? It is. Okay, well, Anne brought up for the most part. Justin, what do you think about this term that Anne brought up? Reverse culture shock. I had never heard it before. I, I think I have heard it before, but mm. I think it's super interesting. Because I feel like I have experienced that where for sure. you know, I'd, I've been in Asia for so long and I come back and I'm literally in San Francisco airport, like where I'm from. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this doesn't feel as comfortable as it did before. I definitely, I definitely got it more when I first went out to Asia. I don't know about you guys. No, right? and, but then I got accustomed to going back and forth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean that first time that you come back? Like the first, well, the first few years, several years, really. I mean, because I was living in Bangkok, and then I'd be accustomed to my Bangkok lifestyle, and then I'd come back to Dallas, Texas for a while, and it was, it felt weird. Home felt weird all of a sudden. Now, not so. so much. Now, I feel like I've gotten to the point where I've gone back so much where both feel like home, and I adjust very quickly. But those first few years were very strange. What about you, Anne? What? Where do you consider home? What is home home for you? That's such a good question. Right now, I would probably say Taipei, yeah. but 
I think with the three of us, I don't know. I, I'm pretty adaptable like Justin. We're, as actors, we have to just kind of pack up and leave at last minute's notice. And I have to be able to just be comfortable wherever I go. I like to bring like a little candle or something with me to my hotels. So it at least smells like home. But, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. See, I don't that, wash my clothes very much. So I bring my aroma with me. Yeah. It's always, it always smells comfortable to me. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still not comfortable going back and forth. Even why? I don't. I think every time, if it's been more than one month in one place, I think I get. I don't know. I I get caught up in the daily rituals that I'm in, in the people that I talk to, and and where I get my coffee, and and where I do yeah. my work, or what I eat for lunch. Like I get so caught up in the choices that I make every single day. And then when you just completely uproot your life, transport to the other side of the world, every decision you make is different all of a sudden. Like every choice now is a different decision than what I got so used to doing. And it, I don't know, I'm still a little off kilter. Well, it's, been, it's been a decade for me and I'm still off kilter. Yeah, yeah. Does it matter how long you are in one location? Yeah, yeah. If, if I'm only in Asia for two weeks and I come back home, it's not a big deal. Yeah. No, but one month I think is my thing. I think. But like, where, what if you went to Singapore right now? You've been out here for a while. What? Almost a year? Six months? No. Seven months. Four months. Four. Was it four, four months? months? Oh, that's right. You were in Singapore right before the lockdown started. It was still happening. Like you barely. You wait. Here's a question. I was Do like you wish you had gotten there. back in time, or wish you'd be stuck in Singapore? Uh. Okay. Just considering the situation of the virus, yeah, <laughs> I think I'd rather be in Singapore. Fuck yeah, you would. But that's but not. It's, it's say, barely a, a question. <laughs> I know. So, but taking like that away, my own personal circumstances, uh, I'm I'm glad I can be here because I can help my family out right now, mm. and there are things that I can do because I don't don't have a job right now. <laughs> but there are things that I can do to help out, like my grandmother for grocery shopping and stuff. So oh, it's good cool. that I'm here and I can help. It's we know Anne's answer because she made that decision. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got like, to save my mom. I mean, everybody was like, no, don't leave. It's going to be better in a few weeks. And I was like, yeah, no. I'm going I'm to go. You knew. Yeah. We all knew. Can I make a prediction? Oh, I'm scared of it. Still, right now, not going to be better in a few weeks. Oh, no. Not even close, man. We're, we're on a, like an exponential growth right now. That's what people don't understand when they're like, oh, we only have this number of cases. Yeah, but this number of cases becomes this number in like a week. And then it becomes like, it's how fast this thing goes. Obviously, Alan and I are in the US, which is the country in the world that has done the worst. Probably, if, if not the worst, one of the top three. I mean, you got Brazil to compete with. and Brazil's only like this because of us. It's very possible. Jay Bolsonaro is only following our president. Uh, yeah. I mean, ah, I think he would have been a douchebag even without Trump. But yeah, fair. <laughs> no, no, you're um, right. You're so you've got, you've got U.S., which very possibly the, the country that's done the worst job of handling this crisis, and Taiwan, which by all accounts has probably done the best. So what Alan and I would like to know, since Alan and I are both running for office soon, um, <laughs> how did Taiwan get it so yes. right? Thank you for asking. I want to know this too. Well, I mean, I don't know, but I, I did read up on this and I think it's early prevention. So um, in 2019, in December, 
when they heard about this mysterious virus, Taiwan sent people to Wuhan to kind of study it, to see oh, what's going on. And in January, they were setting up border control. And actually, since 2000, 2003, in the airports, there's the fever thing. So this is before any type of pandemic. Right. If you have a fever, you have to get pulled aside and tested for whatever it could be, Ebola, whatever. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, like I think wow. starting, I don't know the actual dates, but I think maybe it was January or February, nobody from mainland China could come. And then once Europe started getting bad and the US started getting bad, it sort of just kind of locked everybody out. It just, oh, what's it called? Uh, shut down the borders so only <laughs> Taiwanese citizens could come back. And even if they came back, they would have to self-quarantine for 14 days. And they would be monitored and watched by the government. The police would call you if your GPS left your house. They, they know precisely where you are. Didn't you have the cops this, come to your house? I did. This was funny <laughs> because I was, I was doing a self-tape and I was getting all these notifications. And I was like, oh my goodness, let me get the self-tape done. I put it airplane mode. I don't know why I didn't do do not disturb, but I did airplane mode. Within 30 minutes, I got knocks on my door. And wow. it, they were like, did you go anywhere? And I was like, no, I was doing self-tapes. And they're like, don't turn your phone off. And I was like, oh my goodness, okay, here, sorry. So that's how I knew they're quick, they're watching me. And I felt actually really safe at that point. And they started that at near the beginning of the year, you're saying? Like uh, really early on. March. This was late March. Oh, late March. Okay. Yeah. What is it? Well, it's, uh, it's July here. We haven't really started anything yet. No. We're still kind of. I don't even know. How does America contact trace? I haven't read a single <laughs> article about how America is doing its contact tracing. I know how Singapore does its contact tracing. I'm literally in a WhatsApp thread that the government sends me messages while I'm here. I know exactly what's happening in Singapore, but I have no idea how I, they're the contact US tracing here. Totally do it as well. It's like it's like when you watch those movies and they're like, oh, this person went off the grid. It's through your cellular service. So as long as you have a cell phone, then yeah. they can know where you're at, right? Ah, so so they here's can, the issue. Americans, at home. Americans are not going to allow that to happen. Well, so right. they, I mean, so when you're going for any testing, you have to give them your phone number. Really? So, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. So there I mean, is an, there is a certain element of con of contact tracing happening. Now, obviously, the government's not telling people they're doing this, but they're not not telling them they're doing this, but yeah. they're for sure doing it. Like because but, it's so easy. I would imagine. I, I'm. This is speculation on my part. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, maybe this is a conspiracy theory. But I mean, it would be silly to not to have that information and for all these people coming up positive. And then not trying to figure out where they're going because they are doing certain elements of contact tracing to find out where certain hotspots are and how they started, yeah. right? So I, they're doing it somehow, right? It's got to be through their cell phones. So it, it's got to be through that way. So they're doing it more than people here realize, which is why it blows my mind that all these people that they're freaking out about, oh, no, I don't, you know, I don't want to be tracked and they worry about like the government infringing upon their freedoms and. They don't like you're already being tracked. Exactly. Yeah, it's it doesn't, either... it, that that ship sailed like several years ago. Like, come on. They either track you while you're moving around, or they'll just know where you are when you're in, uh, you know, intensive care and you're, you know, 
No, I was gonna say that's of the utmost importance because uh, in April, I got a text message actually saying that there was a positive case in this mall that I went to. And oh, I got that text wow. message because I went there and they said, what time to what time? And I was like, okay, thank goodness I went before the person went. But I mean, it's so helpful. It's so yeah. helpful. See, that's real contact that tracing. Is, they can't do that here because then the people will know that they're contact tracing. And if yeah, you don't know uh, that, oh, they'll oh, grab their right. guns and they'll storm a fucking political office. They'll they shoot things. For masks, they stormed a, a, a government building with long guns because they didn't want to be forced to wear masks. Uh, anyway, but like they're doing the same thing in Singapore. And like uh, I know that in Singapore, you can, if you, I think you sign up on this app or something. And uh, I was told by one of my friends that they told him like how many people that he passed who had who had been in the same place as another person who had COVID. So not even one link to the person wow. who had it. They're like, okay, you were, and so they, and they tell you where at which point during your journey, it's like, wow. That's and crazy. then, so is there a certain amount of people that you have to pass where you have to, they make you go and do another test or is it just, like, how does that work? Like if, if, can the government track your exposure i guess and then if it, they feel like it's too high would they ever just be like go get yeah, tested based exactly, on your own like right? movements? oh yeah they, they, they would they definitely would so they like if somebody them. was positive um on the plane then everybody on that plane would get tested mm. wow yeah well yeah. look there are ways to deal with this justin that's what i'm hearing there are ways to to, to actually it's really frustrating too i mean watching it from over here it's like yo america had like the preview we saw Wuhan go on lockdown. We saw Italy. We saw Europe. What you doing? Come on. What are the people in Asia right now, or at least in Taiwan, kind of saying about <laughs> how America's handling this situation? I think they're just really confused. They're not uh, mocking the U.S., but they're just kind of like, poor U.S., what happened? Like, are you guys okay? What, why, why don't you wear masks? I remember when I went to LA in February and I went to an NBA game and nobody was wearing masks because I mean, we didn't really have it then yet. And my friends in China, in mainland China were like, girl, wear a mask. And I go, if I wore masks now, I'd be ostracized. You would have been. People would look at me like I was a zombie or something. So, oh. I don't know. It's just, just a cultural difference. Which it's How? so insane to me. Because, Anne, tell the people who are listening who have not been to Taiwan, what is it like in Taiwan when it comes to masks before the pandemic? I mean, mask wearing in Asia before the pandemic. What was it like? It, it's a courtesy thing. It's if you feel like you have a headache or you have a runny nose, you wear a mask. It's not being a toddler, right? I wear masks on the plane when I'm flying because the air of the plane just it's not the cleanest so i wear that to just kind of stay healthy so it's it's not a big thing and and i'm sorry it doesn't restrict your breathing if it did doctors and nurses would all be dead when yeah. they are doing surgery like spare me people in asia are wearing masks when there's not a global pandemic correct yeah correct yeah that's what we need to i wish people here in the states who are against mask wearing i wish they could understand this that first of all it doesn't make you look bad it doesn't make you look less masculine or less yeah. cool or any of this bs right and in asia on a normal day you walk yeah, down you'll see people wearing a packed street you're gonna see well what would we say guys 25 percent of people wearing masks I'd maybe say so less not. maybe wait, a little wait, less. you mean right now 
No, I mean with no pandemic. Oh, not 25%. 10, 15? Dude, some, I see a lot of masks. No, there. not that high. Walking down Orchard Road in Singapore, you see one out of 10 people in a mask. You walk down Orchard Road more than I do, but on like a bus, I feel like I have seen mm-hmm. 10% maybe. It depends on what's going one. on. I, I mean, no, I, I, I will grant you that there's, you always see people in masks because obviously they, they're sick or something's going on where they feel they need to wear it, whatever that reason is. But there's always people wearing masks. Yes, agreed. One thing we should point out is that maybe one of the reasons why in some countries out in Asia, people are more accustomed to wearing masks is that sometimes there's really intense air pollution. And like when the okay. haze yeah. comes down into Singapore from, uh, from Indonesia and Malaysia, like you have to wear a mask. And then yeah. I, know, I'm sh- I know in Beijing, the air quality can oh, be yeah. really bad too. That's, that's true and that's too bad. And that's, I think, one of the good things about the pandemic is that for a while, the, the air was really good because factories couldn't open. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Los Angeles had the, out of all metropolitan areas in the world, had the best air quality. Oh, wow. Which is definitely not the case mind. now because I went driving the other day and there was traffic everywhere. Okay. Good old LA. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, one pet peeve, guys. I just need to share it when it comes to masks. We can move on. I just, it's really really irritating me right now i can't stand when people are wearing their mask and then just cover this part and not their nose like that's like that's doing anything it's not conducive what's the point don't just don't wear the mask then if you're going to be an idiot about it but like obviously it's supposed to cover both i don't Mm -hmm. understand why people think that they can just cover their mouth and it's effective it's because they're stupid alan Oh, is that what it They're was? They're stupid okay. people. Those people do not have as high of an intelligence as other people. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of stupid people out here. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's not right. fine. It's not fine that they're this stupid. No, They're causing a problem. Because I mean, it's not even stupidity to some regard. Part of it's being stupid, yes. Another part of it is um, an unwarranted arrogance that people have, particularly from this country in the US, um, that they feel they're right, no matter it's what. That, it's, it's arrogance combined with this like tribalism of this yeah. like needing to stick with your specific group of people and your identity needing to be tied up into what they're about. So it's like, well, if my people don't wear masks, we're, just, we're, not, we're the not wearing mask people. It's mm. like, great, you're all the maybe like for a while. people. The Republicans were like, I'm not going to wear masks because if I wear a mask, now I look like a Democrat. And that's tragic. This is not political. This is like humanity. Do we want this pandemic to go on? Do you want your grandmother to die? When people ask me, what are you? Like, what are you, Justin? What are you, Alan? What do you say? Right? Oof, I struggled what do you with that say? a long time. Yeah, what do you say, Anne? Well, I feel wholeheartedly both because I've spent half of my life in Taiwan, half of it in the US. But you know, a lot of Hapas or Eurasians, they would say, oh, I'm just American or I'm just mm. Chinese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I kind of grew up identifying a lot with being part, part Asian, for sure. Probably was a rarity uh, for people that were going up back in the early 80s. Yeah. Um, because people, like half Asian, it wasn't a thing in the 80s. There were no half Asians around, it was just well, me. We were um, coming. I was uh, five. We were coming. You, <laughs> you, were, on the, no, you were on the way. In Texas, it was just me. Aww. But like, I, 
I, I identify as Chinese. I'm for sure Chinese American. I call myself Chinese. Ethnically, I am half Caucasian and half Chinese. Uh, I think one of the reasons I gravitated towards identifying as Chinese is because I couldn't quite figure out what it meant to identify as white. Okay. Like there wasn't, there wasn't a ton. And like, I'm not trying at all to insult another person's identity or their color or their race. But for me growing up, I couldn't figure out what it meant to be white. What was the, like, what were the cool cultures that I could represent by being white? What were Why does the it have cool... to mean something? Because on the other side, I had something that did mean something. Oh, okay. Because what did it mean side... for you to be Chinese? Oh, it meant everything. It meant uh, being, I mean, having a very strong family. Uh, mm. It meant uh, it meant respecting my elders and and uh, and taking care of them now, like I can. It meant getting r little red, either you call them Ang Pao or Li Si's every mm. Chinese New Year. Um, it meant my dad getting really mad when I got a C plus in spelling, yeah. and he looked at me and he says, "What does this say about our family?" And I was like, "It says that the youngest one can't spell very well, Dad." <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just when I was grappling with the two sides, I felt like I couldn't figure out what it meant to me to be white. Have you figured it out now? I, uh, yeah, I, well, I figure out how I feel about it and it could be controversial. How does it feel to be white, Alan? Oh, it's not about how it feels to be white. I think being white is not a race. I don't think it's an ethnicity. I don't even, like, it's not. Being white is just, I think, a tradition of being not the other stuff. That's deep. That's okay, if you're saying that, Okay, but I think then, being white is like be thinking like not this is not, I'm not saying all white people do, but like the history and culture of what it has meant to be white, let's say just in America, has been to be better than people who are not white. I will I will grant you that white privilege has a, a much more far reaching historical context than other ethnic privileges have in their home countries because of what how Europe colonized the world. This is why every bit place in the world speaks Portuguese, Dutch, Spanish, sure. English. Because of what happened during colonization times, they just kind of ran rampant. So obviously that white privilege is something that runs at an international level historically through the generations. But what you said was... Here we go. <laughs> go ahead. You, you said... Um, it's not, it doesn't have to do with race. It's a it's an idea or a culture. And if that's the case, it has to do with no. It's not a culture. It's not a culture. Okay. I think it's just an ideology of thinking that you're better than people who are not white. Then you, what about if, if that's like what you're saying, then that means people in, you know, I don't know, Nigeria can be considered white because they think they're better than people. I'm not saying that the ideology itself is defined as white. I'm saying that whiteness in America, I think is not defined by this concept of being superior, but it's definitely affected and driven by it, I think. All right, so speaking about privilege, which is like a super, it's a pretty intense topic, but I got a question for you because for both of this, this question goes to both of you guys. And I honestly want to know your answers. Uh, it was an interview I was doing in Singapore with a really cool journalist. And she asked me, she, she said, what do you say to those people who say that being half Asian is an advantage in this industry and that a lot of people who are half Asian come from other countries and then come here and take jobs away from local talents? I say, um, when was this interview happening? 
right when I got MTV. So let's say like six. I would say during that time ago? for sure, yes. To some, yeah. if it was if it was English speaking content, yes, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. uh, now, not so much. Well, now, I mean, now in Singapore, I actually think that local talents have more jobs than. Yeah, I think it's changed. I, I mean, this has happened in Thailand as well, um, with regards to um, the the modeling and commercial modeling industry, acting. Um, there's been a pushback on having mixed race people. They want people to look more like the local population, which yeah, fair enough. I think it's great. That totally I makes sense to me. It makes sense. Um, Ten years ago, that was not the case. Now and what do you think? I'm curious. I think. Uh, in Taiwan, it's it's not necessarily a benefit to be half or hapa, but I don't know about LA. What do you guys think about LA? Is it a benefit? Like, say we're, we're looking to book a an Asian role. Do you think uh, being biracial is an impediment? Nope. Yeah, no, they, they don't care. You, I personally have felt like being ambi not necessarily being biracial. I feel like being ambiguously ethnic mm -hmm. is difficult for me. But that was a long time ago when I was uh, trying to work in LA. That was damn near 10 years ago. So I think mm -hmm. now it's being ambiguous is good. Okay. Yeah. But they I don't care so. if you're like, you being half white, half Asian, they could care less. Like it's either, because they're, they're going to say you're either white or Asian. That's what matters right now. There's no room for half Asian, half people, or, or you're just the ambiguous guy where we're not going to talk about what you are. Like that's it. Yeah. So, or you're, or you're half Asian playing white, or you're half Asian playing Asian. Like, I feel like there's yeah. so which I think everybody here would probably fall into the category of half Asian playing white. Yeah. Probably. However, Anne is fluent in Chinese, so that's that's a curveball. That's true. It gives her a different window. Yeah. I do. I, I do speak Chinese, and interestingly, all the auditions I've had have been for Asian roles. Really. So, yeah. I think your agency should send you to uh, more white people castings. I, uh, you know what's funny? There aren't white people castings. There are just normal <laughs> castings. No, they're just what? normal castings that don't specify race. Alan, you're wrong. White people. Alan, actually, there's no castings right now. Oh yeah, okay, fair. There's nobody's filming anything. They're huh? doing a reboot of an HBO reboot of Gossip Girl, and mm. it's going to be shooting in September. In Maybe. York. Is it shooting in Los Angeles? No, in New York. That's why. Again, also a big maybe. I mean, there's, so it's all like, I, I've been talking to a few people actually the past few days with regards to what's going on here in Los Angeles and the entertainment scene. They have no idea. Like, cause they're <laughs> shuffling productions around with regards yeah. to location. How are they gonna shoot it? Is it gonna be in a studio? Can they shoot it out in a studio? Do they move it to Canada? Do they keep it here, shoot it in a studio? If it's shot in a studio, how do they quarantine? How much more expensive does that make it? If it's gonna be more expensive, they gotta take it from five months to three months to maybe a two month shoot. Will their insurance be okay with that? Will their insurance not be okay with that? Are the actors okay with staying away from their families for that long? Blah, 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 blah. Fuck it, let's wait till January. Right. Also, Hollywood. There's, a lot, there's a lot of reruns out there. Right? Yes. There's a lot of content out there that I personally am down to rewatch. And the fact that I am means they know that their customers are cool rewatching stuff. So, but there is going to be a gap of content here at some point. Like, they're, like yeah. they're good for a while. They're good until next year, but 2021 at some point, they've got to figure out how to start shooting stuff. Well, because there's so a lot of shows that haven't ended. Right. Yeah, there's, there's a lot that, of shows yeah. that are, that stopped production. They haven't been found to found a way to end. Yet. I mean, they're going to, I mean, maybe, 
maybe people are watching stuff that's um, produced out in Asia or Europe, or maybe Hollywood has to go to Asia and Europe to shoot. Would maybe people are way. watching Anne literally doing a Taiwanese show, and that becomes possible. a thing. I mean, the number of people I know who are watching Korean dramas now mm. in America, it's totally possible. That's true. That's true. Actually, I kind of feel like the, the new Hollywood of, of the world is going to shift from LA to somewhere in Asia. And right now, I think oh, Seoul's really? got a really strong chance. Why is that? I, well, for one, I think Hollywood's going to be really hit by this, this lull right now. I think it's going to be so. really hard um, to for a lot of productions to get back up on their feet. And uh, it seems like production is going to be getting going in Asia sooner, for one, just that. Also, I think everybody around the world is much more open to watching content with subtitles. 100%. I, I think that's totally changed. And, uh, and that opens up the door. Like, I haven't watched Money Heist yet, but I really want to watch Money Heist. I love it's it. It's one of the shows so that good. people say, they say it's amazing. I think it's kind of cool that local content is becoming uh, much more internationally recognized. So, and, and can we talk about the protagonist Tokyo in Money Heist for a second? Sure. What do you well, want to say about it? Uh, just Don't say whatever you want first. I want to hear it. Well, she's pretty hot. Yeah. That's it. That's, okay, I got to watch the show then. <laughs> uh, but she's also a little feisty and kind of annoying. Whoa, whoa! Mm. Why is she annoying? Well, like she's just not rational, like. Just you make a That's lot what of makes her so hot. We don't know what she's gonna do. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I don't want to do anything at any time. No, Look, I'm on the edge of my seat right now just thinking about it. Okay, I the wish there were I okay. wish there were other roles. Okay, how did you watch all seasons? No, I've only watched the first season. Oh really? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, watch all four. Then we can talk. We can uh, I, yeah, I'm behind. I need to get on this. I've I've been busy doing things like Editing podcasts. Aww. No, you, you didn't even edit <laughs> You literally just took the file and threw it online. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but you did a great job, Justin. Takes a lot of time. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for doing more on this podcast than I do, Justin. I'm, I'm going to have to edit this podcast a lot, though. As us three ha quasi-half Asians, how do we feel about Asian representation in Hollywood? I thought you wanted to talk about something that was fun and lighthearted. <laughs> I want to go here right now. You want to go here right now? Yes. There is a lack of half Asian representation. <laughs> and I am sick of it. Is there? We have Keanu Reeves. No, but he's, okay. never, he's never playing a half Asian character. That's true. So wait, is it racist for Keanu Reeves been. being half Asian, be playing white, white characters? No, because he's part white, right? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, so it gets weird, right? So Is like right face? now, there's there's been this big thing about um, a lot of uh, people that are voicing animated characters. Oh, yeah, so, like, yeah. you'll have a white person voicing a, a black character like, or, or whatever, like Abu, or vice versa. Sim Abu and Simpsons. Uh, that, well, th that was more of the way... The way he does it. But he is a white guy, though, who's doing it, right? Yeah, but I, I think that that was an issue due to the fact that the uh, accent that he was using was kind of a stereotype. But I'm talking about where, you know, just people are playing actors of other ethnicities and you, you, you know, it's not really a stereotype, it's just whatever it is. And you wouldn't know, right? Um, and the, all of a sudden these people are like now apologizing for playing these other races. 
Do you think that that's something that's an issue that people should be apologizing for? Like, if you're, if you're a voice actor, do you have to play your race? This is a great question. That's a good this is, question. This is a really question. I have, I actually feel And then very how complicated does that get if you're mixed? I'm like, well, okay, well, now yeah. what do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, like, I, like, I get where you. Do you. Where do you draw the line? And I, I don't have an answer for animation, but I think for actual movies, absolutely. Tom Cruise should not be playing an Asian. Should a half Asian get to play an Asian? I think absolutely, because just like Alan was saying earlier, he identifies as Chinese. So it's yeah. not up to other people, whether they're full Chinese or white, to say, hey, Alan, you're not Asian enough. No. If Alan feels wholeheartedly Asian, then he is Asian. Just like if a black person has a, a black dad and a white mom, and he wants to identify as white or black, you know what? It's, it's on that person. Here's um, the argument with that with regards to films. You're playing a character. You're playing a character for your audience. Mm -hmm. Bottom line is, what does your audience see and digest when they're watching this very visual art? So mm -hmm. for someone like Alan, a lot of Americans won't see an Asian person. So if he's mm -hmm. playing an Asian character, it becomes an issue. Now, if he's playing a half Asian character, not, an, not a problem. But if he's playing, the, if he's playing a full-blooded Chinese, Japanese, Asian person, white, your, your audience, your audience, to be honest, whether they're from Asia or North America, is probably going to be like, nah, we got a problem here. A lot that can be done with hair and makeup though, right? So I, I face this problem in, in China, in mainland China, when I'm working. Um, and believe it or not, makeup and hair can do a lot to you. So I don't think that's an issue. And I think as time goes on, we're going to be more accustomed to the definition of Asian being something entirely different. It's not going to just be this one look. There are so many hapas and so many mixed babies yeah. now. It's so true. when they grow up, everybody's going to be used to but it. But I, I think when that happens, like you'll have a half Asian representation mm -hmm. in a way. You think so? You think so? More so. It'll be more common because obviously you have being half Asian as a role in a show or movie that's from Asia is, is it's not necessarily super common, but it's there a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, definitely there. It's, I'd say there's, shoot, in, in the Singapore drama series, there's one half Asian in every single one. And they're actually playing half Asian. And they're characters. playing half Asian Asians. roles. Yeah, yeah. I, just there are no so half Asian I roles I think it's here. only a matter of time before that goes into more Western audiences. It's just that in America and Europe, the, the masses don't, they're like, wait, wait, half Asian, what? Like they just haven't been exposed to it so much. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I feel like we need to differentiate between two different things right now, because I think we're talking about two different things. We are. On the one hand, Justin, I think one of the things we're talking about is an appropriate product of entertainment that the audience can digest and understand and feel like they get the world, right? And in that way, having someone that represents the character um, as best as you can envision really, really helps, right? I totally, that's why it's very hard, for example, to get older people to play kids and kids to play older people. I enjoy it usually when it's both, well, when they're playing their actual age. Mm. But the other thing we're talking about is a social justice issue, right? Or a morality issue. Is, that, is it moral to play different ethnicities? And then animation, I want to get into, Justin, because right now we're just talking about live action, right? Mm. Live action, 
I'm with Anne. I don't think that you should be playing an ethnicity that's not your ethnicity, not because of the product that the audience consumes, because of the opportunities that different ethnicities get within the entertainment industry to be able to perform. And I think it's just about job availability. And I would say the same thing about animation. Agree, 100%. Yeah, Justin, I mean, I, Justin's thinking, he's pondering. No, I, I totally get that argument. Like, I totally oh, I know get it. And, it, and and a lot of that makes total sense. Um, and, and it's and represent, representation is important, and it needs to be there. You're not always going to have a person that's going to meet your exact demographic. Like, okay, like uh, what what one 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 example would be? You got a lot of complex characters like that are uh, people, people of different religions and races and like, where do you stop it? Does it? Do they have to be of this race and this religion and this age? Like, like so you, you've got to figure out where that line is, a fuzzy line at best, but you got to kind of figure out where it is to some extent. It, it, it's, it's, it's tough. But I mean, one thing I do find weird is with regards to uh, the voiceover artists. So you've got, um, oh shoot, what's the name of that show? Is it Big Mouth? Animated series, Big Mouth. You have the black character, the kid, yeah, she's who's she's half fantastic. Jewish, half black. Looks yeah. black. You had the J Jewish actress that was doing her voice that didn't come out and apologized for doing her voice. And say so, that she would- I, I didn't know about that, John. Yeah. So, I didn't know about that. So, so your issue is, wait, how many half Jewish, half black people are there? I mean, there's some actors in Hollywood, they're gonna hire for jobs that are half black, half Jewish. So this poor person, she's Jewish, playing a half black, half Jewish person, and she feels the need to come out and say, I'm sorry for playing this black person, this cartoon character. Man, I don't know, like, really? Like, right? Man, have, you, have, you, have you seen Big Mouth? Justin, I totally hear you. I wanna, I definitely wanna I've address not, this. but that's a very interesting case. I don't know how I feel about that yet. Mm. So it's so interesting, Justin, that we're thinking about the same character. Because as I was talking about animation and saying that I don't think it's right to play a character outside of your ethnicity, if that ethnicity of talents don't have the opportunities that they should, right? Right. Um, but that character specifically came into my mind because, yeah. and this character, okay, I've watched a lot of Daniel Tiger. I don't know if you guys have heard of Daniel Tiger. It's a children's show that was created by Mr. Rogers, um, and it is the new Mr. Rogers for... Uh, for the youth of today. And my nephew loves it, right? And one of the things I love, it's kind of like Bojack Horseman where they have animals and humans and people like all hanging out. But for and children. But for children. Okay. And the people and, and the kids are of different ethnicities, right? But one of the things I love is that even though the families and the kids are different ethnicities and have different colors, skin in the animation, the, the way they, they talk, interact, hang out, there's no stereotypes whatsoever. Like literally you could replace the yeah. skin color on the animations with different people and it wouldn't change the way the characters acted, talked or anything. Mm. It's, it's cool, right? It's, it, it, it promotes this idea that we're, we really are all just the same, which is what I want. Yeah. So then I thought about this character, Justin, and you're right that that character doesn't have any stereotypes or anything Like Abu, I get. I Abu think she, is a Abu, stereotype. The accent that he uses is a stereotype. I get that argument. Is there something there that makes it a different thing when it comes to an actor playing a live action role where you see them as opposed to hearing their voice? Is there something there where it's like, this is okay, but this gets a little weird for us? 
What do you think, Andrew? I'm curious. I mean, I will say I've gotten some voiceover animation auditions that specifically said Asian American, no accent. So I found that to be interesting. I was like, well, how do I, how do I let Wait, them know that American? Yeah, what does so that mean? Interesting. So, I, so, so, so interesting. you're Asian American doing it in an American accent. Correct. It should Correct. just sound like an American girl. Mid-Atlantic English, I don't know. But maybe there is kind of like, you know, like an ABC up talk, like a ABG, I don't know. Maybe there is like a different tempo or, or tone to it. No, that really there is. Not really. Is. No. I think, See, I, I, don't I, I, know. I don't know. Asian Americans talk like Americans, depending yeah. on where they're from in America. I have Asian right. American friends that have a thick Texan accent because they I, grew up in, 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 in freaking middle nowhere, Texas. Like, so I don't and know they sound, they have a Texan, they sound like Matthew McConaughey and they are full Asian. Okay. So. Then it's just about representation at that point, which I think, I think the fact that they're doing this is great. Like, I think if you can at least try to find an Asian American to play the role, go ahead. But if you can, like, so for that one character, if you can find a black and Jewish woman to play it, phenomenal. But if you cannot, then at that point, I think, okay, maybe look for other people that are just Jewish or just black. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Try at least, at least make I an do. effort. For me, the, as far as the representation thing goes, um, so there's a lot of fireworks going on right now. And it sounds like bombs are going off. Do you hear those? Me too. No, no me too. I'm hearing my own. Okay, yeah. it's, it's crazy. All the it was distracting. <laughs> Fourth of July. <laughs> You got this, Justin. You got this. You're making a great point. I don't what know what I it saying? is yet. I maybe, or maybe it was going to be an incredibly it. racist point. <laughs> hey, you never know. I, I don't know. You never know. I mean, I so look. an element of not understanding other races and what's okay and what's not is with all of us because not all of us can share the same experiences of what other people share that don't look like us because your appearance obviously influences how you're treated we're visual creatures so with that hey, being said justin i don't think you, you didn't <laughs> say anything offensive and you i don't think you said anything racist as long as we make an effort to have dialogue and talk to people and unlearn what we know then it's fine like nobody's perfect it's not necessary to understand every single culture's experiences it's not necessary to have experienced it yourself firsthand and know exactly why they feel the way they feel and how they feel. It's just necessary to be open to, to learning empathy about it. Empathy is key. And empathy, empathy, you're right. If we just had empathy. And to listen. People in America do not listen to other people. Like you're in your tribe and you know, this is the big, this is the massive problem here right now. Here we are like three people that most Americans would just say are white talking about well, that's this. Why that's Even though we're not up. really totally white, but they, they think we're white. Beautiful that we are, you know, mixed and biracial or whatever, because I feel like I have greater empathy or I was able to because... When something, we still didn't hit the fluff that Justin wants. You're like, we're gonna talk about something funny. What do you think about Asian American representation <laughs> in entertainment in Hollywood? So I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> okay, this isn't super crazy, but I was supposed to, this is like the first job I ever did in Singapore. And I was promoting a like an like a three in one co instant coffee thing, right? And uh, they never worked with me. Nobody had ever worked with me. No one had realized yet that I have excessively active sweat glands. And we're filming outdoors, mm. and I'm supposed to be drinking this lusciously nice cold iced coffee, right? Mm. 
but the coffee won't like it won't get wet and perspiring enough because they say I look so wet that the <laughs> cup itself looks dry and oh so they couldn't get the cup to look wet enough next to me so that it looks fresh and like you know inviting was this in Singapore yeah yeah we were okay. filming outdoors it is quite and, like, hot there have you been diagnosed with this as an actual issue no no I just know that and it's, I just know I, I, I sweat excessively and how are your sweat glands my sweat glands are fine, mm. but um, lucky. What I will, my craziest story would be when I was in Dunhuang in mainland China, and oh my goodness, my, I've been laughing so much. My eyeliner has been running. But uh, when I was in mainland China, I, I had this uh, movie that I was doing as an imperial one, and I was I had wires on me, and as did my horse. So uh, there was a scene Whoa. where the horse had to get pulled up. And poor horse, it like it was by the neck and through the what? mouth. Yeah, I feel like that's low key animal abuse. Uh, um, or high key. Or high key, yeah. So that that is pretty crazy, and I don't like that story. Yeah, that's tough. wait, wait, wait. Uh, hold on. A whole, whole entire horse. They pulled yeah. the whole horse up. Yeah, like you know how in movies where the horse gets scared and it goes up. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that you can't really induce that without physically oh fuck is that how they do that in, in china yeah every horse that we've seen that goes up on its hind legs is probably because they had to force it physically. i don't know i feel like in, i feel like in the u.s the horses are trained to do that probably yeah well this right? one wasn't this one wasn't trained. wait were you on the horse i was on the horse and then i had to when the horse went up i had to get pulled up by the wires and then do a 360 and then fall back on the horse so can you ride a horse yeah. Huh. Wait, oh, Justin, can you, can you not ride a horse? No. No. Have well, you ever? Have I can you, ride you, one. You, you oh, you Taxon? I've, oh. I've, I've been on two horses. I've been on one horse when I was a child in New Mexico. And then I've been on another horse in Inner Mongolia, China. It was very, like, it hurt so bad. It takes practice. And I can't speak like I've actually ridden the horses. I've ridden one. Uh, I've, it's I've a skill. One. So you can, can we just find you a horse, Anne, and you just hop on that thing and just ride it around right now? Yeah, I, I, I'm not very good at it, but I can do it for, for movies and, and, and TV shows. It's impressive. Justin, we need to work on our horse riding skills. Like, well, amongst other skills. Just skills. We just need to get some skills. You guys are talented. You guys are very talented. Hey, so who's voting for Kanye West? You know what? It's so bizarre. Isn't he friends with Trump? Like, they're he He's very bipolar. I don't know who, if he knows who he's friends with. Wait, well, Justin, you know he's actually bipolar, that. right? Yeah, okay. I do. Like, he actually is bipolar. Is I do know this. He takes yeah, he's, he's off and on medication all the time. Yeah. I saw his interview with David Letterman. You did watch it. Wasn't it good? So good. I thought, and if you get a chance, uh, David Letterman's got, you maybe you know about it, a new Netflix show, not new actually. You might want to learn about our new president. So go ahead and watch it. Okay. Easy. All right. Anne's, Anne's like, I'm not coming back to the States. She's not, he's not my president. How insane would it be to have Trump as your president for four years? And then Kanye West? And then Kanye the next four I years. I can't, man. They can't Who do you happen. think would do better? Well, no, okay. There's no way Kanye will, will be the next four years it will probably the four years after right no no, no. he's running oh, for this next four years this next four years yeah but he's not gonna win no i mean well I break up the vote hey, and i think that might be honestly at this point in the universe alan where we are who yeah. the hell knows if kanye wins or not we didn't think trump would win no yeah. 
And actually, Ann's got a good point. So you think that Kanye's running to take votes away from Biden? I think it's very possible. It's I think he's running to promote his album. That too. That and too. because he's crazy. But who do you think would be better? Kanye, I'm not going to say that I know for a fact. I don't know Kanye. But I feel like he has come out and admitted at moments that he felt like he was wrong or, okay. or apologized about something. Or okay. if you talk to him... Um, if you talk, or if you listen to the David Letterman interview, which is really good, and mm. he's way more self-aware than Trump. He has empathy. And okay, he's an empathy, and yeah. he's self-aware. He knows, like, I think one of Trump's biggest issues is he maybe has no idea how terrible he is. I yeah, think Kanye I is less crazy than Trump. Then I would say Kanye, yeah. Kanye for president. I like Bernie Sanders, first of all. Agreed. Um, so. Ooh, we, gotta, we gotta feel the burn Bernie fan. I, am, I like Bernie. Actually, I like Elizabeth Warren. Okay, okay, cool. cool. Tulsi but Gabbard. It's, it's ah, too, not bad. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. It, it's just too bad that the Democratic Party is so corrupt and we have what we have. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just feel so lost and I'm just kind of like, what is happening to 2020? Kanye might be better, but I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm just desensitized and numb to all of this. I'm just kind of like, Neh, what's new, 2020? That should be Kanye's campaign slogan. What's new? Kanye might be better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, should be, it, should, it should be Kanye West 2020. Make America better? Question <laughs> mark. Eh? Eh? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, we know it's an uh, earlier time in the day, but thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate getting to catch up with you guys. Thanks, Anne. We appreciate you joining us. Just three Americans on the 4th of July, hanging out, talking about, you know, Lots international, global, and American things <laughs> that perhaps we shouldn't be talking about. It's, it's been a great podcast. But what's more patriotic? Than, yeah. than Americans talking about things they shouldn't be talking about? Nothing. That That's is it. the most patriotic American thing that Americans do. <laughs> all right. To all of you guys who are listening at home, I don't know how you made it to the end of this, but thank you for sticking around. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next hey, time. Hey, Alan. What? I, are I don't we podcasting know. yet? Mm.